0: Today's episode of the Rambling Rush Podcast is brought to you by University Customs. Now that COVID is behind us, I'm sure many of you are getting ready to go to your next music festival, concert, or sports game. By visiting universitycustoms.com, you can design a custom flag using your favorite picture or image to get you back in the cheering section of your next event. Again, that's universitycustoms.com and tell them the Rambling Rush Podcast sent you. On today's episode of the Rambling Rush Podcast, we have the video coordinator from the West Virginia University men's basketball team, and a very close personal friend of mine, who we grew up together, Ryan McIntyre. Ryan McIntyre was a student manager here at West Virginia when we both were roommates together. He then went on to be the graduate manager at the University of South Carolina under Frank Martin, part of the team that went to the Final Four. After that, he went on to Austin Peay State University in Clarksburg, Tennessee, where he was the director of basketball operations for two years before returning home to West Virginia University, and Bob Huggins, where he's now the video coordinator. Today is April 12th, 2021, and here we go. Stammy if you've never heard this before. The Brian, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Thanks for having me, Rush. Of course. Uh, I know we go back a long ways, and I'm excited to you know, talk about where you've been, where things are going. I know we just had a crazy season with college basketball and COVID and everything going on there. Uh, but first, let's talk about your journey. Uh, I know the viewers may not know this. The listeners may not know this. We grew up together. We, yes, we did played Little League baseball, well, traveled during Little League times, and uh, we went to high school together where you played a little basketball yourself, and we both ended up in West Virginia. Uh, I know we kind of ended up here separately. You definitely made it up here before I did, uh, and then we ended up going on to be roommates last two years and all that sort of fun stuff, but before we get started... Uh, a little of your story, of course, you, you, know, you're from Northern Virginia, you come to West Virginia, you work for Huggins, um, and yeah, let's start from there. What, what was that process like? Uh, not only finding the basketball program at West Virginia, but getting into West Virginia and then your journey there. Okay.
1: Um, so obviously, like you said, I grew up Northern Virginia, Fairfax area, uh, Went to uh, Lake Braddock for high school, where we went, and played basketball there. And Basketball was always my favorite sport growing up, but I knew at some point my career was going to be over, and I wanted to stay in basketball, but obviously I wasn't good enough to play at the collegiate level or the pro level. Um, So I got into coaching my junior year. I uh, started actually coaching Little League Baseball my junior year with my dad. Yeah. Coaching my little brother and just fell in love with it from the beginning. And just from there, I mean, I knew that was my passion. That's what I wanted to do. Um, so then I coached a youth basketball team my senior year. And that, I mean, Burke that basketball. Was, yeah, Burke basketball. Let's go. And, Shout uh, out. I mean, just sixth grade team press zone mixing it up it was just it was fun to have your own team finally because obviously you have your own thoughts as a player what you should be doing what your team what would best fit your personnel and to finally get my own team even though they were 12 year olds i mean i i just right away i knew that was what i wanted to do and uh just from there uh there was a degree here at west virginia called athletic coaching education and saw that i said that's pretty cool and called and trying to get more information about it and I knew that was that was something I wanted to do. Yeah. And applied and they came they came to campus in uh Northern Virginia, the West Virginia people in that mission office. That's right. Uh
0: I think I remember you leaving <laughs> geosystems class for yeah, that interview.
1: I snuck out. I, I had my priorities right that day. There you go. Um and they admitted me right on the spot and I mean after that I I think I applied to like two other schools but I mean it was i knew i knew where i was going so you knew like, you were going home yeah and i uh i was pretty checked out the rest of my senior years academically <laughs> so, want you to just know, the rest man. of the year yeah. not not you weren't checked out
0: last yeah. half of junior year either nah, <laughs> no, I, was, I was trending that way
1: and <laughs> i uh i lived by seas to get degrees in that last year
0: for sure so i just wanted to make sure i could walk Well, I think that shows too, is it's priority. It's you're, you're obviously a very intelligent person, but not everyone fits into the cookie cutter of school, right? Sit down for eight hours sort of thing. Whatever you applied yourself to is you you were going to take off and do it. And I think just getting that taste of either coaching a little bit of little league basketball and baseball, it's like, all right, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to dominate this. So you get to Morgantown, right? Um, and you know you want to coach, where do we go from there? How do we get a hold of Huggins? How do, you know, all that sort of thing. So
1: uh, somebody that you know, Tony Caridi, the voice of the Mountaineers, uh, mentored my uncle back in the early 2000s because he was a journalist as well. That's awesome. Um, so he put me in contact with him, and and Tony got me involved with uh, the basketball office and and basically plugged me to uh, Billy Hahn at the yeah. time, the uh, director of operations, and he said, come the second or third week of school because don't come the first week because the first week is so hectic. So I waited and I said, appreciate it. Send him all my stuff, yeah. what, what my goals were, um, and why I wanted to be a manager and all that. Just basic background information. And right on cue, I I, I walked in the first Monday of that third week like he asked me to. And he, we met and he... he he was he appreciated the honesty. We're still friends today. We talk yeah. all, we talk every other yeah, day. Yeah. And uh he said simply like I don't have anything manager wise this year. We're full. Um, but if you come back next year, you'll have a spot. So I mean I was optimistic that I had a spot going mm-hmm. into my sophomore year, but I wanted to get going right away. So I'm thinking, like, what do I do? What do I do? And um one of my friends simply that I knew in the business said, Hey, why don't you reach out to the secretary or just something? Just say, Hey, I'll volunteer to help. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's, that's where I started. Uh, I asked to speak with the secretary like a week later. And I said, I just want to volunteer my time. My goal is to be a manager, but obviously the spots are filled this year, but I just want to be a part of the program and I want to coach one day. So this is my foot in the door. And she said, she was like in amazement that somebody wanted to volunteer their time because everybody else wants to get paid. Yeah. Like the student workers. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I just did this just for me to get my foot in the door. So my job for the first semester was stock all the fridges. There you uh, go. Stuff all the recruiting envelopes, empty out the trash cans and just whatever uh, needed to get done. And my I was allowed to watch practice from the visitor balcony. So I watched that. Okay. No, it's watched practice. And I mean- luckily uh they kept seeing me come back and and finally the coaches were like who's that guy always at our practice and billy explained and they said "Well, just bring him down he could be a volunteer manager now so i wasn't officially a manager but they let me on and i i just the more and more i stuck around uh fun to rewind our director of operations now yeah josh eilert who's one of my best friends in yeah. business and in life uh I went to his office like, hey, do you need anything? Just let me know. I'm I'm here in the conference room. He said, if you just stick around long enough, you, they'll, you'll find something and you'll make it here. So I just stuck around, yeah. and, and they needed me. So we were shorthanded one day, and
0: they just threw me in
1: practice, and the rest is history.
0: Well, I think what's incredible about that story and why I really wanted to have you on and have you on as my first guest, obviously, we go way back. Mm-hmm. We're best friends. We were college roommates. We're going to get to that. We would did a lot together, you know, at Lake Braddock, all that sort of thing. But a lot the theme I have with this podcast, uh, especially when I'm interviewing people or talking about people, is finding that extraordinary within the ordinary. You know, right now, before you, you know, take off and be, you know, the next Bob Huggins and get 900 wins yourself, looking forward to that day, of course, is you would probably be, you know, walking down the street. Most people probably wouldn't know who you are. You know, you're still kind of in that... From a prestigious standpoint, from uh, you know, any kind of standpoint you look at, you know, you're still kind of your ordinary guy, you know, definitely working on your status, building it up there. But what makes you extraordinary? What is that extraordinary thing? And I think that's kind of really sums it up right there, is before you were even technically a student manager, is one, you, you know, you came here, you you did what you were told, you reached out to Tony, you uh, talked with Billy Hahn, you know, there wasn't that uh, position for you right away, but that didn't stop you either. There, you know, there's got to be something you could do. So let's let's work with the the secretary, and I think that's what it is. Just being resilient, not taking no for an answer, showing that you're able to work. You know, kind of that mentality. First one there, last one to leave. Hey, if I have to be the first one there and last one to leave, and just stuffing folders and reaching out to recruits, and you know, during sort of that thing. Well, then you have what it takes to you know progress and move to that next le- level. Part of me, and I think that's what a lot of coaches look for. You know, we, we think about a lot that coaches look for a lot of players doing that. Uh, who's going to stay on the court longer? But you don't think about the staff standpoint of well, who's going to stay longer and stuff envelopes and get that five car- star recruit that we need to get. You know, yeah. and I, of course that shows a couple things. One, it's more than the players that make up a team, and I think players would even agree with that, and everyone agrees with that. But but two to be a division one program in a power five conference in the best conference in the nation, you have to be firing on all cylinders. Yes. Even if you're the second, even if you're the assistant secretary of the team, you need everybody pulling the rope the same. Absolutely. Way, Cause it's I- already hard
1: enough to win. And if you have somebody pulling the rope the wrong way, I mean, it's like I said, it's already hard enough to
0: win at this. Absolutely. Way. And I think what that shows is too, is it shows that you're a very team first guy. Hey, I'm willing to go in and do what it takes. But it's also saying is, hey, I want to make a career. I want to make a job out of this. I know that to go up this this ladder in college basketball, you know, you're gonna have to go to other places. You're gonna have to go, which we're about to get into, you know, the University of South Carolina, Austin P, you know, maybe make it back to West Virginia, you know, but you know, down the road is you might have to go to other places too. And that yeah. and that's great, but you gotta start somewhere. Correct. You have to start somewhere. So going back to where, you know, we were kind of leaving off is, you know, in your first year, you you, assistant secretary, and now then you become a volunteer manager. When do you officially become a student manager?
1: Uh, Sophomore year. So at the end of my freshman year, they, I guess, promote, quote, uh, promoted me to a full time manager. And I mean, that was just cool to finally fill out the paperwork that you were a student manager. No, that's awesome. And, and like, like what uh, Josh said my freshman year, first week I was there, if you stick around and keep asking, hey, you need anything, just let me know, they're going to give you more. And, yeah. And I always took pride in those little jobs, like we talked about stuff in the fridges, envelopes. Of course. Because that might seem like a small job, but you do that small job to the best of your ability, you're going to get a better job. And it's, yeah. it keeps keep going up and up and up. And... Slowly started getting more and more involved uh, with scouting reports, film breakdown, and and I just kept doing the best possible job I could so that the coaching staff trusted me, and yeah. and I and I would get to the place I needed to be. So yeah. I graduated. Fast forward, to graduated in 2016. Yep. So So uh, and I and I'd been networking for those four years, just trying to because I knew at the day was going to come where I was going to graduate. Yeah. And um, I was gonna need a job, so obviously my first preference is I wanted to stay on staff because of course. I mean, it's I mean I'm the luckiest guy in the world working for a guy like you said. It's got 900 wins and just an even
0: better person, just a good guy. Yes, a just good guy,
1: old school throwback kind of guy that just a real person. Yeah, not not a phone and
0: name. matches the culture of the state he represents. Not only Absolutely. from here, and of course he's spent a lot. Uh, Huggins has spent a lot of time in Ohio. You know, kind of done the back mm-hmm. and forth thing. But this is a very blue-collar state, a very blue-collar, I mean, even town. I know it's a college town, but, you know, this is coal miner central, you yes. know. And to have a coach that represents and plays the his game and coaches the game in a way that embraces the culture of this state, I, say, I think yeah. is a very beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, and we yeah. talk about it all the time. Yeah.
1: I mean, he, he talks about... The people that make the trip from Beckley in the southern part oh, of the state, yeah. or the eastern panhandle of Martinsburg, by North, like by the Northern Virginia yeah, area, yeah, and Wheeling, and, and I mean they, these people don't miss games. They they drive no. through snowstorms just to see the Mountaineers play for two hours, and that's why we're so good at home. I mean our fans are yeah. so loyal, and 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 like you said, the way we play
0: matches the culture of the state. I are, know it was really, and not a to ju- perfect fit. Yeah. And not to jump ahead too far to this year. I think that's why a lot of people were so thrown off by how great our offense was and yeah. how like, it was like, wait, we don't, we don't score. We just out defend. Fe- What's yeah. this whole like making constant McNeil or McBride making constant threes over and over again. It was, you know, it, it, it definitely threw off. Uh, you just almost couldn't in a way, believe what you were seeing. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to that in a second of course. Uh, you know, talking about networking um and you know where you went from there uh I know something that can be very important is to understand not only of course Bob Huggins in the you know the program you're currently at but who Bob Huggins has worked with before what is his coaching tree football talks about you know what is you know, the Andy Reid coaching tree, you know, below, where did, you know, the Bill Parcells coaching tree, the Bob Huggins coaching tree, Frank Martin's, you know, a big part of that. And I think that speaks to how you ended up at University of South Carolina following graduating here. Correct.
1: uh, For the record, Bob Huggins is 100% the reason I got the job (laughs) in South Carolina. I mean, I've never seen a guy that has accomplish so much go out of his way on a daily basis to help a manager i mean yeah he called he must have called frank 50 times for me that's awesome i, I mean and i i i just was so thankful and, and appreciative that he appreciated the job i did that he was willing to put his name on the line for me at south carolina with yeah. one of his really good friends that coaches the way he coaches and values what he his core values and i mean i just I, as soon as i got the job i was i was so thrilled but in the back of my mind i was like i got to do the best possible job possible because hugs put his put his name and reputation on the line i can't i can't let him down and uh was thrilled to go to south carolina cuz i always liked yeah. frank martin i mean i always oh, yeah. i mean i was a hugs guy coming yeah. through the business and then obviously they tell their old stories about cincinnati kansas state and yeah. then obviously him getting the job and i always thought it'd be cool to work for frank one day and luckily the opportunity in 2016 uh presented itself and hugs got me on down there as a graduate assistant and uh i got pretty lucky uh with the year we had i, I was there right uh right yeah. place right time we go to the final four
0: yeah which is i mean lucky no i i, I get definitely where you're coming from there but how lucky are you? Do you at, what, at what extent is it a coincidence that you ended up there when, you know, they went to the final four as a graduate assistant? I, I, I think moving and everything you saw and the drive you had, you know, when you were an undergrad student yeah. here is... That definitely has a lot to play because I'm sure you're breaking down film there. I'm sure, you know, you may be taking on a little more responsibility, but you're still a student manager to an extent, whether it's grad school or undergrad, you know, so be it. Sure, the graduate assistant may have more responsibility, uh, but it's definitely one of those things where I don't want to say a student manager is necessarily the backbone of a program, but you know that saying is you're only as good as your weakest link. You're only as good as, uh, and for all that, I, you know, what I used to see you do when we lived together, my junior year, your senior year, uh, you know, especially during end season where, you know, you have, you're leaving at, I don't know, five in the morning, six in the morning, especially when you're getting ready for the Big 12 tournament mm-hmm. or the March Madness tournament and you're not coming home till 1 a.m., 2, 3 a.m., you used to joke, you're like, "Hey, look at my Fitbit, you know, four yeah. hours, four hours." <laughs> that God, was, thats the average. Gum, <laughs> that's said, yeah, exactly, and that's the, for film guys. So I think just taking that approach and you know applying it to South Carolina, I don't, I don't think, of course, luck. A little bit of luck has everything to do with it, but I think that also speaks to you. And I mean, think about that—you you made it to the Final Four as a, as a GA. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there are people. That never get to that, and good coaches that Correct. that no matter where they've been in their career, they have never gotten to that. It's so hard. Oh yeah, it, it's it's what we we're talking about earlier. it You know, you have so much goes into that, but I think a lot of that day one, hey, it's all if I can be in the practice facility and stuff envelopes, I'm happy, and you know I think that's part of the process. Just taking that mentality and. I think that's why a team like South Carolina gets to the final four when they do cuz they'll probably never get to the final four again unless something like that happens but it's not it's not, it's, it's South Carolina. It's it's and I and I love South Carolina. You know it. You know my family's restaurant's down there Rush's restaurant. It's where my mom's side of the family resides. It's nothing against South Carolina. I love South Carolina and I want them to do well as long as they're not playing West Virginia. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when are they going the, to the final four They're a football yet? school. Exactly. And, SEC. and they're pretty
1: damn good at baseball, too.
0: They are good. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They went on that, what, two, three-year run of yeah. just—they almost three-peated. They lost, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they lost Arizona. They, yeah. they they beat UCLA in Florida. That's yeah. right. And then uh, the manager retired.
0: Yeah, he, uh, yeah.
1: He took over as athletic director. Yeah, So you went from manager that's to right. athletic director.
0: But, yeah, and to the Southern School. And that's fine, too, is, is um, you know, them not being basketball as the main focus. Actually, more power, and I think it shows, talks to you more in what you did with that team, that they're a baseball and a football school, not basketball, and getting to the Final Four. But it, they're kind of one of those teams like George Mason, like VCU, like Loyola Chicago. I mean... It's yeah. just, it was great when it happened, but I'm just not, I'm, I'm not expecting it. Yes. Yeah. I'm not expecting it down, you know, and those, those great teams are great. They're fun to watch and the tournament needs them. But anyway, after, you know, you did one year, because I mean, of that fantastic year of going to the final yeah. four, did one year at South Carolina. What happened after that?
1: So we go, we obviously, we make the run, go to the final four. And our associate head coach gets the Austin P. Head job. So, right away he take uh he 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 right after we lose to Gonzaga in that hard Final Four game. That yeah, we were right there to win. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be a Carolina uh, national championship. That lesson. would have been cool. Yeah, it, would, it yeah. would have been. It would have been the the battle of I ninety five and uh. But we just we Gonzaga was really really good. Just like they're always really really good, and they. They scored more than we did on that on that Saturday in Phoenix. So he bolted right away. Uh, I didn't talk to him until he came back, uh, like two weeks later, to pack up his office. And I was just walking by. I was in the office and saw his light on. It was it was like seven a.m. I don't know why I don't know why he was he. I think actually he was going in there on purpose because he didn't think anybody would be in. Yeah, there. and I, I happened to be in there. Of course, you are. Uh, and I just stopped in. And I was like, "Hey, you need any help? But congrats, and yeah, was just ha- ha- happy for you and your family." And we sat down. We're just catching up, and he he just want, he was just relieved to have somebody talk to him because that wasn't asking for a job. Yeah, everybody asks for a job when somebody gets hired. And I mean, my my whole mindset is, I just work for the guy for a month. I don't need to pitch myself about why you should hire me. I mean, if you want to hire me, I mean you're going to hire me. And my interview for you was less nine months with you. Yeah. And we worked together on scouts and we had a good relationship and work speaks for itself. Yeah, basically. Yeah. That was my resume yep. with him. And, uh, I just remember, I remember he was going. I was like, so, so, so what you got going on? And he was going through his staff, his roster. He said, the, I said, well, the only thing left on my staff is my, uh, op shop. And I was, you were actually on my list to call today. Cause I wanted to see what you were doing next year and so we got talking about it and he he just said well I don't have the details yet I'll call you when I get back to Tennessee um Clarksville Tennessee where Austin Peay yep. State University is and so like I'm thinking my head's going everywhere I'm like I could be packing up at any moment to leave Columbia straight for Clarksville and I don't hear from him for like a week, so I'm like, oh, God, this process. Man, I, <laughs> I just went through this last year at, at from West Virginia to South Carolina, the waiting game. And finally he calls and he gives me the details and when he needs me there. And he was great. And uh packed up and made made the, uh, packed the U-Haul up, and I was headed there to Tennessee nine months after getting to Columbia from Morgantown. And... uh so I go to Austin P as the director of operations, yep. which was new for me. It was more responsibility. Uh and especially at a lower level, you appreciate all that you have at a higher level with West Virginia, and South Carolina. So like being a director of ops at that level, you're doing video as well and some coaching. I mean you're little two for one action. You gotta wear yeah. all the hats because your your manpower is so low compared to the high majors. And so that was a great experience for me. Going, That's awesome. Going to that level for two years, and and we we got it going there for a little bit. I mean, we won
0: Ohio we won, Valley,
1: right? Yeah, Ohio yeah. Valley, and we were we were in the league at the time when it was rolling because they Murray State had John Morant. That's right. And Belmont had Dylan Windler. Yes, and uh, I mean two NBA guys. I mean John Morant was second pick. And we finished third both years. I was there just behind those two teams. Both made the NCAA tournament. It was the first time that the OVC ever had two bids. Yeah, because that's a conference. It's just an automatic bid. It's an automatic, bid. Yeah, it's an automatic yeah, bid conference. It'll never happen again. Yeah. And we were right there. We just couldn't get over the Murray and Belmont hump. And uh, great experience. And then uh, that off season, the video coordinator at West Virginia was a walk-on when I was a manager. So, obviously, we're friends, and we in yeah. touch. And, and the West Virginia staff hadn't changed. So, it was all my my guys were still there, and we we were just talking. And he says, hey, if I get this head job at West Virginia Tech, Hugs is going to hire you. And I was, like, thrown off. I was like, A, congratu- congratulations, <laughs> and I'm pulling for you as a friend that you're going to get the Absolutely. job. Absolutely. And, B, I'm ecstatic that I would potentially be coming back to West Virginia and coming home because, I mean – When you leave, they they always say you can come back, but I mean you don't you don't know if it'll actually happen. Of course, uh, right? The stars got to be aligned, right? Opportunity, right time, and so I get the call, and he's like, "I got the job." So I'm just jacked for him. And excuse me, you're good. Sorry, a little hiccup. And uh, beer will do that to you. (laughs) Yeah, will. If it goes down the wrong tube. And, uh, just got to keep drinking. Yeah. And, uh, so he gives me the, he tells me he's got the job and, and I'm ecstatic. And I, I think I actually, you were staying in Nashville that night. That's right. Yeah. When I, you got the call, and, I was and in, and I that, was driving yeah. to a wedding in Richmond. Yeah. And I stopped and stayed with you the, the, the night that I got the call. Right. And I said, hey, man, you're never going to believe this, this shit. Like, I think, uh, I think I'm going back to West Virginia. I mean, it's not official, so don't tweet anything out or say. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think I'm going back to West Virginia. That's and right. You were, you. Were, I mean, you were so pumped because, I mean, well, absolutely. We, we, know, we know how much that po- this place means to, to us, and yeah. You know,
0: and I was still living yeah. in Northern Virginia at the time. That's what's been really, I think, interesting about our relationship, Ryan, and how you know, right now we're in di- completely different career. I mean, in terms of our day jobs, completely different careers. As, as you know, I'm trying to make a push with the podcasting thing and blogging, and you know, start making a you know somewhat presence known in, in the athletic world. So definitely getting there. But between us being, you know, I transferring to West Virginia, and you know, we're roommates, and you ending up at you know South Carolina, where my family's from. You end up, then you end up in Austin P. And the time you're at Austin P. I've never really gone to Nashville before. And the time you're at Austin P. I'm in Nashville visiting. And you're like, yeah, I'm going back to Morgantown. And then of course, here we are today. And then a pandemic happened. And then now I'm in Morgantown because it worked yeah. with me. Well, it's it's just funny how our paths always came back together. And it's you know it's been enjoyable, really watching you you know grow and mature. And I'm sure you feel the you know same way towards me. And I think that's what makes a you know a great friendship. So definitely looking forward to what's coming down the part of me the pipeline but uh, with that being said is you've had an interesting start to your video coordinating career at West Virginia speaking of a pandemic yeah so you just finished your second year and obviously this past year was really weird but what was really interesting was the year before is we were looking good We were looking good this past year, and we'll get to this past year because there's different attention. But we were looking good at the end of the season. Yeah, Something that we struggled with a little bit this past season. But I was at that Baylor game. The the Baylor game. The Mm -hmm. Baylor's number four coming to Morgantown. We're about to go in the Big 12 tournament. We're already starting to roll. And... March 7th, the last full home game in Morgantown. I don't know the last time either West Virginia has won the last game of the season, but it wasn't a yeah, national championship. Yeah, the NIT. Yeah, exactly, winning the NIT. So, so so they're just two very interesting years. They almost, in a way, go together, but they're so separate. So talk to me a little bit about that. You know, you come in right away, your video coordinator – how does that go? What does it look like? Obviously you don't have to worry about COVID yet. And that's you know, that's not even a thing to even think about or worried yet. You're coming into your first, not your first job because you were already a director of basketball operations at Austin P, but your first I would say power five job because, you know, student manager, you're already, you're kind of in school there. You know, you could be for this type of life. You could not be, you know, it's a role, but this is your power five. You're in Morgantown, West Virginia, where you belong, your home, working for the greatest coach of all time, all that. What do you do? What's the mindset? How do you go into that? You know, I'm sure it's, it's baptism by fire real quick. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, well,
1: I think I was on cloud nine for like yeah a good month or so just so because like right when I got the job we were going to Spain for our foreign tour trip like I was there I got there the week before we left and we had camp so I yeah. went right right in flew, uh drove packed up my U-Haul in Tennessee after we finished camp down at Osceola had to run that camp yeah. uh and bolted right up from Morgantown and started that camp on Monday. And, uh, right away, I mean, we're going to Spain weekend and we're gone 10 days. And so it was, it was, it was such a, and just being back at this level, like I touched on at Austin P like it made you being gone for three years, it made you appreciate how special places really is and the people that make this place even that much more special. And so I just want to do the best job, kind of the same mindset as before, like, do the best job I can do to please the people that have put me in a position to succeed and have this opportunity. Yeah. And uh, it it kind of was coming full circle because the staff was the same, uh, and I started with the film at West Virginia. So yeah. was, it, as a manager, just doing little projects, and now I was in charge of it. And and we had a good year. I mean we we hit a we hit a wall in February. We 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 came out we came out of the gates hot uh yeah beat Pit pretty 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 good which and, is always uh, great of course good to, uh, we we have a special chant for them uh and then we went to cancun and and we rolled up out yeah. there too and and we were i think 13 and 1 12 and 1 something like that and we hit a wall in february um uh, Part of the reason we hit a wall is because our league is so damn good, it, of course, like it is every year. And uh, I mean,
0: you have Kansas always. You, you the whether the Kansas is in their peak or not, yeah. the Big Twelve runs through Kansas, literally and figuratively, because you also have to do the Big Twelve tournament in Kansas City, correct? Their backyard, so it's
1: which you, is actually in Missouri. The arena, yes, it's, yeah. it's uh, The irony of it, and. Uh, like you said, we we I think we lost like five out of six going in the last three games, and we won a hard game in Ames, Iowa to finally get us going, and that set up the Baylor game. And everybody knows what happened that Baylor game on that final Saturday, where that place was it was as, rocking as loud as I've ever heard the calls. To it you. it was, and uh, it it started with Chase's proposal at the beginning. That's it was, right, uh, it was senior at the night, time, fiance. Uh, Lindsey Baker so that was that got the that set the tone and it was a one o'clock game I'll never forget it and when Deuce dunked the ball to to put it away blow it open to go up 12 with three to go I mean I was like this is bananas in here.
0: It was—I thought the roof was going to come in. Well, yeah, and I was staying with you at the time because I wasn't living back here yet, and yeah. I'll never forget. I, I was when we came up the night before. Yeah,
1: what we the sports page?
0: Well, what what's kind of funny about that is I remember coming up and staying with you, and you know we were being, you know, as former roommates, we were chilling, I'm like, ah, kind of miss this. Like it would be fun if you know we were oh, roommate yeah. or running spoke too soon there uh, because not the way we wanted, wanted to be roommates again. Um, And for those who don't know uh, after, you know, they canceled the season and stuff. And during the pandemic um, West Virginia was a lot more open than Virginia. I knew Ryan didn't have a lot going on and I didn't have a lot going on. And so I came up to West Virginia and just like, moved in with Ryan for six weeks, decided to move here and then moved back up in the fall. Uh but going back to that game and that season, what kind of just sucks about that season is you're absolutely right. We came out firing. We absolutely we were killing it. We hit the February wall, but you to hit a wall, we timed it right. Yeah. See, that season was timed perfectly to make a march madness run you hit the wall when you do then you start you know you get that win at aims you get that you know that game against baylor i mean we were down what was it nine 11 it was like 11 was nine, nothing yeah, 11 nine, two, nine, two, nine, nine nothing we were down nine to start the game and we're like uh oh well some and then we go on a run and then we we crush baylor and i remember sitting next to you my going my whole point is why i brought it up us living together was you were breaking down that film and i'll never forget you saved a segment of the film just for pure recruiting and it was that of the announcer saying this is the loudest place we've been all season yeah and and it was not i've i couldn't think i couldn't hear myself think and that that's not an exaggeration it was it was loud it was and you know that whole all that old concrete and stuff the way the coliseum Mm -hmm. is made it's all going off of each other and you know doing its thing there's more beers by the way in the cooler right there if you need to unzip and do it um and what and I'm sure you're aware of this, and that was the season two where, you know, uh, for the Big 12 tournament, seeds two through six were all with the same record. Yeah. Um, and we just so happened with tiebreakers to be number—we were going to be number six in the Big 12 tournament. Playing Oklahoma. Playing uh, who was number three, and yeah, Zipper's right over there.
1: And we felt good about that game because they'd beat us twice, but they'd beat us twice— and we had changed some things up since then, and they they weren't they kind of were hitting a uh, wall themselves. Yeah, we had just hit, and we had our best practice the day before everything shut down. Yeah, uh, and I was like, I, I think we're about to go. I remember as staff, were like, I think we're going to go on a run. Yeah, I they thought, were
0: even saying it on ESPN. I mean, I thought
1: we were a sleeper to win the Big Twelve, and yet, and I think we were going to be about a five or six, seven seed in, in the Big Dance. And I, I thought with the right matchup, I thought we could have. Made a run at the Final Four, to yeah. be honest. Kind of like our South Carolina year when we were a seven seed.
0: Yeah, yeah. and what's difficult, I think, with that is um, when you see that you West Virginia was six in the Big 12 tournament, and you look at our record and stuff, maybe on paper it was like, yeah, it was probably just another standard season, but yeah. the way it was set up, it was perfect. It was the setup we needed this year. Right, and I think that's kind of where we we fell flat. You know, we're going in to the last week of the season at number six. We're making up some COVID games. One of the COVID games against Baylor, defending champs. Congrats, Baylor! I mean, you know, congrats, Baylor! Big for good for the Big Twelve. Makes West Virginia look better. So you know, fine with them. Damn good. Yeah, they were really good, but we but we were just as good. Yeah, I was at that game that Tuesday. Before the last regular season, number six versus number three Baylor, and
1: probably was a game of the year till the UCLA Gonzaga game.
0: Might as well it have was been the best game of the regular season. Absolutely, game. and it seemed like in that very moment that, and and this isn't to attack, you know McBride. McBride is an incredible player who will be playing in the NBA one day, and has done amazing things to win game to to you know put the team on his back and win games. So. I'm aware of that when I'm saying this, but I feel the exact moment the season just kind of turned around is when he misses that free throw at the end of the game. They go down and score, you know, make you score the two, go to overtime. We lose by five in overtime. And again, that's not a criticism of Deuce McBride, but when you're the leader of a team, when you're, you know, everything depends on. I don't want to say everything depends on him because we had a well-rounded, we had a good team this year, but he's the guy. He's the guy, and I think when the guy doesn't hit the free throw, it, you know, we can have it. it, it can almost lead to—I don't want to say a collapse. That's not a good term, but you know, the team that sticks with the team, right? Because mm-hmm. then the next game, TCU, that was a sloppy win. Right? Yeah. I mean... We, yeah, we weren't we, very good
1: that
0: we, night. Yeah. Sloppy win. You know... The, I think
1: the Baylor game took a lot out of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I think when Cunningham uh, and likely their two best players were listed as out, I think we let, we let down our guard. I think we just thought that we were going to go in there and win and wrap up the two seed. Yeah. But it... it it kinda was a summary of our season. Yeah. Where we were we were we were a good team. Yeah. But we just couldn't get that tough stop, tough rebound to put it away and take the next step. Like the Gonzaga loss and Andy, the Baylor home loss, uh, the Oklahoma home loss, the Texas home loss, even the Florida home loss. We had all these games that we lost in a tight fashion. Yeah. Where we just one or two bounces away or tough rebound miss or a miss blockout and we just we weren't as tough this year as we were the uh previous year. On the other end, we were way more explosive offensively. So yeah. kind of it was a give or take. But we just we couldn't get over the hump to be one of those elite Baylor Gonzaga teams. We were in the tier we were in the next tier. We were just a really good team.
0: We just know? really good team and yes and and there's nothing to frown about frown about, yeah. pardon me, when you're number six the last week of the regular Correct. season. Clearly, you've ha- you have a good team, especially
1: but, when we had to shift our roster in the middle of the
0: year. Oh yeah, with,
1: uh, the departure of one of our guys and then uh, Cottrell,
0: uh, yeah Isaiah
1: going down with the Achilles the same day. So I yeah,
0: mean, we had to re-
1: we had to reinvent the wheel a little bit and go small yeah. and spread it out, and we. We, we we just were a couple plays away from from being in that final four, yeah. or in a better position to make a run in the to the final four,
0: yeah, yeah. And those those seasons happen now. Yep. Looking ahead to next season, mm-hmm. do you think a? I I know Matthews is leaving. I know McCabe's leaving. That's already you know been out there and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys are looking at the transfer portal and figuring that out. There's a lot of names in there. <laughs> yeah, there is, especially off a of COVID year and all that stuff. So I'm sure you guys are, you know, putting the pieces that you need to in. You have really amazing kind of the heart of the team coming back from a skill wise mm-hmm. and a leadership level. Um how very much I kind of see it as obviously it's not this extreme, but Virginia lost to a 16 seed team. That's never happened. It will never happen again they go on to win the national championship the following year, Yeah, right? Can we do something like that? Can we learn from losing to Syracuse in that round of 32? Hey, you know, if you're not going to make your layups when uh, on a team doing zone, you're not going to win type of thing. But how do we apply that? You have those game rules, but how do you apply that to next season? How do you, how do you kind of, hey, we're hungry still how how do you keep that instead of just you know we we were a good team we'll we'll be fine we we'll can kind of, we can kind of rest on our laurels we were number 6 you know we'll just make sure we don't do that again or how do we be like we're better than that fuck that we need you know we need to come out firing i'm already ready for the next season to start how do you condition your team to to be hungry
1: i think i think the main thing we need to add is more depth in the front court. Okay. And a lot of it had to do with the guy leaving and Yeah. Uh, Isaiah blowing yeah. his Achilles. And it just, it, we couldn't, at times we couldn't get Derek out of there when he needed a blow. Yeah. So he was gas. And yeah. We, we would give up layups defensively because he was tired and we couldn't get him out to put in another guy. And Gabe as well did a hell of a job for us. Yeah. So the main thing I think is adding shot blockers in depth in our front court. And I think that'll help our toughness standpoint yeah. and our defense overall. Because it's a lot easier guarding the ball uh, 30 feet out when you know you have a guy behind you like a Kanate. Yeah. I mean, we'll never have another Kanate, But when you have a guy behind you that could swat it into the third row.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, oh, it, yeah. It
1: makes it easier. You could take some more chances. Just that
0: back for, to the basket yeah. center. Yeah.
1: And I think we'll get back to Press Virginia. Yeah, that'd honestly. be great. I think our personnel fits it. Got really good guards. Hopefully everybody comes back. Uh if that's the right choice for them, obviously. I mean they have it's their right to explore the NBA and get yeah. feedback with the way of the course. system is set up now. And honestly it makes if, if if you're a good player, it makes sense to enter the draft and with, remain your eligibility. It's it's good information and good intel coming from the NBA of what they think about yeah. you. Yeah. And and gives you an accurate uh Um, level where you're at currently in their eyes. So in going into the off season. So if we, if we bring everybody back, I mean,
0: we should be a top, top five, top 10 team again, and hopefully a little tougher. And, uh, just those missing pieces, kind yeah. of sort of thing. Is there anything you can share with us so far that towards next season, have we acquired any additional players yet? Or if you can't share that, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'm just uh, curious we, if stuff's been public sh- or not.
1: We added a uh, shop, two grad transfers. Nice. Uh, shop blocker from FIU. Yeah uh diamond kerrigan nice he let he was second in the conference usa in uh blocks at 61 so he's a shot blocker there from we go from uh from boston there you go uh and then the other kid we just signed over the weekend uh malik curry lefty guard from uh old dominion so nice grad transfer average 16 and four and four so he, another Another guards. I mean, well, I mean, we could potentially have McBride, the three, the three-headed uh, horse again with McBride, McNeil, Sherman, and then you add Curry, and then hopefully Keydren Johnson makes the next step and has some explosion there from an offensive standpoint. And we'll rotate him out with our there press with Press Virginia. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody loves watching that style and branded basketball. It's oh, it's yeah. the best. It's, it's 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 there's. That time, that was another thing when I was manager. I was a manager for the four years of Press Virginia. So, like, I was living in a time where it was – you'll never see anything like that again. No. We'll, we'll be Press Virginia again, but you'll never have the best on-ball defender in Javon Carter and the best shot blocker in America and Segs Canate in the back. Yeah. And then you got other guys that are pretty damn good as well. Oh, I mean, of course. Was, Just the sandwich was stu- of it. It was stupid.
0: It it was good. It was fun. It was fun being here for that and, and seeing that happen. Um. Something I'm curious about, kind of switching gears here, and I think you've given us a lot to look forward to next season and good recaps, you know, from the following seasons. I think there's a lot of X's and O's people don't see, kind of your standard fans. I, I feel like I know sports pretty well, but, you know, there's insights you give me where it's like, oh, I haven't even thought about mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it definitely sounds like from what everything you're telling me hugs is all in on next year with the grad transfers and understanding that the, the yeah. teammates he already has is, you know, limited time. So looking, looking forward to that.
1: It's, uh, it's funny how recruiting has changed. Yeah. Especially with the pandemic. I yeah. mean, everything is virtual still. Until yeah. I think July, the coaches will finally be able to go out on the road. But, uh, like everything is, is 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 through the portal now. I mean, there's a there's like fifteen hundred names in the portal. You do the math. I mean, each program is averaging about four transfers in the portal. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's that's just the day and age we live in now. And I mean, it's more you worry. It's kind of like the pros now. You worry about your team next year instead of what your team looks like in three years. You worry yeah. about three years and three years.
0: Well, and I'm sure. The, with the ncaa's rulings and supreme court and whatever courts are ruling on this whole college players are about to get paid thing i'm yeah. i know there's a lot working out i'm sure besides the pandemic that's only going to keep changing what yeah. i'm sure once you think you've had it figured out with the transfer portal you're going to find out you don't have it figured out like all things yeah we'll
1: we'll see if they uh pull back a little bit because it's kind of the wild wild west right now yeah it's, no it is it's, there's no rules or anything and we'll see
0: it's just nuts too because it seems like the teams and i i I could be wrong on this this is a purely observation uh statement it seems like the teams that have gotten in trouble with the ncaa for whatever reason if you self-report you're going to be in trouble if you just the ncaa comes out and be like hey i know you were paying guys you're like no I'm fighting you on this. It seems like those teams aren't the ones that get in trouble. Like, yeah. you know... They fight back. Yeah. yeah. Like, like don't... It, it just sounds like... And, and I know, especially with Huggins, with your... you, Even Huggins has said, you're not going to find any of that here. And and I believe him. I think Huggins is a very honest... Not a guy that would ever even think about or even try to toe that line. Yeah, but no, for, we don't do that. Yeah. Crap. We don't do that crap. No. And I think it shows... I think it makes what we do on the court even more valuable compared to... When we're especially when we're playing other programs, not to, not naming any or anything, people can fill in the blank for themselves. Um, when we actually play them on the court and we compete with them, and, it's always fun beating those teams. Yes, I'm it's, sure it is. You know who they are. Well, it's it's like the 1980 hockey. It's it's yeah. literally the Soviet Union versus the USA in some yeah. scenario.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's always
1: even better beating those those individuals because you know what their business and what they stand
0: for. But that's a whole that's a whole other topic. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um but something I'm curious about and you know, switching topics a little bit. I think we have a lot to look for. We understand more the past couple seasons and where you've been kind of from and you know, I I mean I think the fact that you have a final four already is something that's just extraordinary. Obviously, now you want to do it in other capacities and you want to do it uh like in West Virginia where it means the most. But something I've always wondered about and I don't I don't know if we've really talked about this much on our own Um, or you know to the side or anything is you know we brought up earlier you play you know we both played sports growing up we either played them together you know there's you played freshman basketball like Braddock then you played a year of JV and then that and then your junior years when you started coaching a little baseball and then coaching basketball sort of thing kind of a two-part question is one if have players not necessarily coaches but maybe players or maybe anyone that maybe doesn't know the game as well or comes across you and ask, Hey, and I don't mean this bad or in a negative sense, just a genu- genuinely just curious, like, Hey, who are you to tell me or how to coach basketball when you've only, you know, I mean, you only played JV for a year. I mean, you didn't even play varsity, right? You didn't, you didn't play, you know, at, at an elite level division one, why can you tell me the exits and X's and O's sort of thing, or have you even had that experience before, where someone's giving you a hard time based on your lack of playing career, so to speak?
1: Great question. Uh, I haven't really had that yeah. interaction because we, in our program, we believe so much about relationships and getting yeah. to know somebody and and in and trust. So I mean, when I mean. When somebody's telling you something, we're not just telling you to tell you. I mean, we, yeah. we care about you, and we think that's the best chance for us to win and for you to succeed. And for those out there that think that it's just about how good a player you are, it it, it goes both ways. I mean, just look, Scott Drew. He 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 didn't play best at JV, yeah. but Mark Few didn't either. The yeah, coached the last championship. But you could also be a hell of a player and a hell of a coach, just like uh, Juwan Howard at Michigan. Yeah, and honestly, Hugs was a hell of a player. So yeah, it kinda, he was. It. I think the those that didn't play at a high level, they uh, they got to ex- like for somebody that was a manager and got up the ranks that way. They got to experience more what it takes to build a program because you're yeah. in the office every day rather than down in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. But then those that played. Are in a locker room every day and understand that dynamic more than building a program. So it, it, it you can. It's it goes back to the old saying: multiple ways to skin a cat. Yeah, and uh, it, there's no perfect way of doing anything. There's so many different ways. I mean, look at football. I mean. Andy Reid. I mean, he 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 didn't play much. I think and Belichick was Bel- like a third-string yeah. tight end Greatest or of all time. Man.
0: You know, division three. Well, I think that's part of it too. Is I think that's a very ignorant, obviously view, and I think that's more of a view that people may have. Like you know, the you know, you have keyboard warriors, but I feel like you have with sports also those couch warriors, those people that sit on the couch and being like, oh, why didn't you run his own while you know this was going on? As they're, you know hundred pounds overweight, just eating yeah. chips and drinking beer. It's like, well, who are you to say anything? Yeah. Uh, you know that sort of thing. And I think everybody's a
1: good coach from the couch. Uh, oh, exactly. <laughs> and I,
0: uh, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I'll be the first one. You know, I Me get too with
1: my Redskins.
0: There you your go,
1: Patriots.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Um, so I think that's a good, you know, a, a good insight. And so what I think, and I think part of it is as well that an amazing play i I mean there definitely are i mean you brought up examples those amazing players who do make uh amazing coaches right Mm -hmm. but the amazing players some of them don't work out to be coaches correct right and i think that's more because they it's not that they don't know the game they clearly know the game but how if you're an amazing basketball player and everything has just always come naturally to you like you just know the game how can you really teach the game
1: correct it's
0: like it's always just come easy like yeah. Mike,
1: i mean not to yeah, take no. a shot at michael jordan but i mean he's he hasn't had a very good track record as a gm yeah and he's or, the greatest player of all time yeah in our sport and compared to another guy that they call a nerd a computer nerd and he's a great GM. I mean, it's, it's, it's just all about your core values and and just like what you believe in and, and the people that you hire. Yeah. You're only as good as the people you put, you surround yourself
0: with. Yeah. No, that's, that's very fair. Well, uh, Ryan, I know we were uh, something very important. We need to talk about, and we already started talking a bit about it, but there's a very big event coming up that we hold really near and dear to our hearts. And that is the NFL draft. Oh yeah, the NFL draft. It's it gives you a little taste before the summer of like okay, just got to get through the summer, and then we got yep. football season. All right, what what what's Washington doing? What first pick? So what do you think? What do you want? Uh, for, and what do you for, think
1: for the viewers? I'm a uh, big sports talk radio guy. Oh I, yeah, uh, I every morning from six to nine while I'm drinking my coffee, getting ready for my day and working out. I. Uh, I listen to Clay Travis on uh Fox Sports Radio. I I think he's great. He's 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 funny and tells it like it is. Yeah. And uh I know you're a fan of Clay as well and Clay's good. More in football season I'll I'll flip over to the local D C radio yeah. and listen to uh Al Galdy and Kevin What's Cheehan. that? Sports Talks nine eighty? Yeah. It, but uh Galdy's not there anymore. He's uh he's got his own podcast. I mean, it seems like everybody's trending. Towards their own podcast yeah. now that has a radio show, so Sheehan and him have podcasts. They've been th- they've been talking about that they're <laughs> looking to trade up and get Trey Lance. So
0: that's interesting.
1: Yeah, no, there's a lot. I, me personally, I like Fitzmagic. I do. And I want to. Uh, I and I and I trust the two behind him and Heineke and Allen to battle it out for the second spot. Both know the system. Solid backups. And I think they can wait on their franchise quarterback. I I'd like to take a linebacker or a tackle. Yeah. That would, that would be picks. me. Stay stay pat. Maybe even trade down and get more picks. I mean
0: That's what yeah. yeah. That's mean. I've be always a bad been f I've
1: always been a fan of trading down. Except Just so for last green. year. I really wanted to Chase Young. Yeah,
0: well, and that worked yeah, out too. Yeah, I think yeah, that was the right pick. I mean <laughs> you even I mean, even, you know, we those big four four or five quarterbacks, right? Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Zach Wilson, that's going to be Jets probably. Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence, Jaguars, we know that. And Mac Jones. Jones. He's
1: the one that's really taken off. They say he's going third maybe now? Yeah,
0: Patriots were supposed to get him at 15. and Well, first it was, is he going to even make the first round? Then it was the Patriots at 15, and then it was the 49ers now at three. I heard something funny where the 49ers, if they get Mac Jones at three, it's just like Chicago trading up to get Mitch Trubisky. And I don't know how I feel about that statement. I I get where that statement yeah. comes from. But when you look at college careers, Mitch Trubisky versus Mac Jones, I mean, one clearly kind of proved that they they have it. Nothing against Mitch yeah. Trubisky, but I...
1: Mac Jones passes the eye test. Mac Jones does watched, pass the eye well, test. The way the ball comes out of his hand, it's wow.
0: I think the Patriots well it, it's now I think the Patriots are in a weird competition right now with the Broncos. Almost a who's gonna move first to get that Atlanta pick at number four. At number four, yeah. yeah I think it's almost like a like a just a pissing contest. Who's gonna who's gonna be more sneakier? It
1: sounds like it's going Lawrence at one, obviously to Jacksonville. Wilson number two uh to the Jets. And then it's sounds like Jones number three to uh 49ers to the Niners, yeah. Which I actually, with the way the Shanahan's run their scheme, I actually thought that they were traded up to go get Lance or Field, yeah, because they love that play action under center, yeah, bootleg zone read stuff. But I guess I, I guess Mac Jones is their guy, so yeah.
0: And which may mean that they're definitely keeping Garoppolo for another year. It may be similar. I heard this, and I I, I agree know with it too. Oh, I already have my Garoppolo jersey from when he was a starter for four... Well, he was supposed to be a starter for four games when Brady was out, but I think he got injured in the second game, and that's when we were graced by Jacoby I he's
1: destined to end up in New England. That's where Yeah,
0: was. I mean, it's just a matter of time. It might be next year.
1: He gets a negative rap, and and, and I don't get it because they were just in the Super Bowl like, he, less he, than two years ago. He and, was a... he got hurt. Well,
0: yeah. No, that's, the thing. that's his problem. That's yeah. really what his criticism stems from, is from him being hurt. It's not him. Uh, and I mean, think about it. in the Super Bowl, I mean, he's a, uh, you know, that that football drops a foot yeah. shorter, the touchdown pass away from them winning the Super Bowl and that being it and yeah. sort of thing. So my guess is if they get Mac Jones at three, they'll keep Garoppolo a year, pull an Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation where give Mac Jones a year to learn under Garoppolo and then yeah. he'll, they'll get rid of him sort of thing. I, I would be... I'm I I just I I cannot get a read on New England, um, especially well free agency. I gotta
1: think that they are gonna bring some competition in for Cam, or at least because someone all, you can
0: learn yeah. behind. Like if you get a Fields or a Lance, I mean, similar style of play. Sip on Cam, and yeah.
1: Not, and not to sh- not to throw a jab at Cam, but it's just Cam just doesn't look like Cam anymore.
0: No, and I don't think that's his fault shoulder. either.
1: Yeah, but he – that. From the outside looking at it, it looks like those shoulder injuries are really bothering him with the way he throws right now.
0: It's his throwing mechanics, and I say this with peace and love because I want Cam Newton to do well. I want the Patriots to win. They look atrocious. They're, it's absolutely. Yeah. He's aiming the ball. It's he's, he, he's, he's ducking his front shoulder. He's turning his head. And their it, division's not
1: easy. No. Yeah. Well, it's not anymore. Advantage. It used to be. <laughs> Poor Jets can't catch a break. Yeah, I... <laughs>
0: Well, I think what would be the dream with Cam Newton, which would be to have him be our Taysom Hill. I don't think he'd be for that, but he would be great at it. He would be great at that. He if you got Cam Newton to be our Taysom Hill, yeah, then you're you're set. But I, I think someone like a Trey Lance or or Justin Fields could could learn under Cam Newton for a year and then take over. I think I really think Belichick's seeing how a couple things play out right now because they're also talking about I can't remember his name right now the Texas A and M quarterback getting him later. Don't forget about Kyle Trask. I mean that guy was yeah. up for a Heisman. Yeah, and he may get be a great second, He's third round steal potentially. Yeah, so you know it could be waiting on him. I if at fifteen, at New England has at fifteen. I either want him trading up or trading back. I don't yeah. like being the middle. Yeah. I don't like being the exact middle. I can see
1: Belichick trading back. He's usually known for that.
0: Just really load up on day two and three sort of thing. Yeah. Well,
1: I love their free agency class. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, I'm all for the two tight end system coming back. It it's... I think Belichick uh
1: didn't like uh, watching Brady win a Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I, no, I,
0: I didn't. No, I don't know yeah. if I liked Brady winning a Super Bowl. I'm just happy he was able to do it, at least against the Chiefs. At least he ended the Chiefs dynasty, which is great um, being, a, being a Patriots fan. So well, and I also like to say to that is everyone's like, oh, every other franchise has six six Super Bowls, and Brady has seven. Well, yeah, well Belichick has eight. So, yeah, <laughs> Two, two
1: with Parcells. Yeah,
0: two with Parcells. LT man, he coached the greatest offensive player and the greatest defensive player of all time. That's he's a genius. That's a career. There you go. You need to get. Um, belichick and hugs ever talk have they ever talked before caught up they seem like they would be yeah, pretty i think they'd
1: get along I yeah know, i know Sabin and uh, and and belichick are really good friends yeah and, and Sabin was a ga here when hugs is a ga here
0: <laughs> yeah because fairmont because that's the thing is a lot of people don't know is nick Sabin went to he's from fairmont yeah, he's just right down the, the street road,
1: from right down the road
0: right down i heard he brings back every time he wins a national championship he'll bring back the trophy to fairmont and i believe it yeah, yeah maybe i we'll have to go check that and out jimbo
1: this fisher's from clarksburg he right is up the road
0: yeah yeah a lot of things from from west virginia every, the problem is everyone gets out of here we <laughs> gotta, <Yeah. laughs> gotta
1: keep them home gotta not keep them around like hugs
0: or or like us dying to get back here i mean different circumstances you're like oh i need to go back to west virginia i'm like Pandemic, I'm going to Morgantown, man. Like oh, yeah. we just all need to get back Good here. Times. But Ryan, I, I've I've kept you long enough. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know uh, they may say off season, but that's definitely in quotations. There's yeah. never an off season. Never. It's just it's just when the players are literally playing and when they're not. And when they're not, you're probably doing. You could be doing more. Correct. And so, thank you for for giving up time uh, for today and talking a little about about what's ahead and really appreciate it appreciate you having me rush and look forward to uh being
1: on again in the the future
0: oh we'll have you on man don't worry about that all right everyone have a good day
1: see you